Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Happy Friday, March 18th. March 18th, we are broadcasting live on the Podbean app every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. Join us live. That's where it's at. That's where the cool kids are at 6 a.m. Live on the Podbean app, chatting with each other, everybody saying good morning to each other as they do every morning. And yeah, get to call in and chat with us. Ask us questions. Yes, but be very careful in the morning when you're on the Podbean app. Just make sure you don't click on the wrong show like Lindsay did. She ended up in a sermon. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the Podbean app got like super popular during the pandemic for um, churches churches to do their live sermons. And, um, you know, me just being like, like, you know, a competitive person. And, you know, I'm always just trying to reach like, I want to reach like the top ranked show on Podbean. You know what I mean? I want to be the top ranked live show. But it's impossible to compete yeah. with the churches and the priests. It's, yeah, it's. Their um, following might be a little bit bigger than yours. <laughs> There's a John Lennon joke in here somewhere, but something, something about me being bigger than Jesus. But no, I'll just leave it alone. <laughs> Um, <laughs> happy possession day, Lindsay. Lindsay, happy <laughs> possession day. People are taking action. I love it. I love it. We got a special guest today, Barry McGuire is coming on. Yeah. Um, just wait for him to come on in. And when he does get here, then uh, we'll invite him in. In the meantime, um, we've got upcoming events. Tonight is our Friday live training in the Real Estate Investing Masters group on Facebook. Yep. Join the group. Okay. Join the group. Step one. <clears throat> Step two. Step two, do an introduction video. Video. Yeah. Tell us who you are, what you do, why you do it, mm-hmm. and uh, what it is you're trying to achieve. Um, we talked about that yesterday. Yeah. And case then join in, us. Ca- case in point, Ryan posted his video. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they were looking for a flip. I just assumed they were looking for another bird to add a secondary suite. So yeah. the more yeah, you know, yeah. the more you can help people, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, sorry, I kind of hijacked that. What That's okay. About? Well, what's step going two? on tonight? Okay, in step that three. Group? <laughs> step three, join us on Fridays. Join us on Fridays at 7 p.m. We do Friday live trainings every Friday at 7 p.m. And tonight we will be chatting fix and flips, running the numbers. Yes. Yep. So you'll get a one hour run through of running numbers on fix and flips. And yeah, we're excited. I bet you Ryan's going to be there. <laughs> Hope so. You should all be there. It's really good. It'll be fun. Um, so that's going on tonight. Oh, gosh. What else is coming up tonight? Or just the, the, the next little while? Fix and Flip Meetup, April 10th, 1 April. to 3 p.m. at our Flip in St. Albert. April 10th, you said? Yeah. So it's a, about three or four weeks away? Sure. Okay. Without that's... looking at a calendar. Yes. <laughs> um have a look in the show notes um, or go to eventbrite.com and just type in Prairie Home Investments. You'll see it there. You do need to register, but it is free. But you need to register because there's only a certain amount of spots. So Indeed. Uh, it's a really great event. You get to come out and meet 40, 50 other investors that are doing it. You also get to meet us and ask us any questions about the renovation. Mm-hmm. This is a great opportunity to see you know, we're doing, we're doing open houses, you know, through each various stage. So you can see it a demo, you can see it as it's being put back together. And then lastly, you can see it as it's complete. Yeah. So this is, this is a, this is free education here. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is doing real life. Nobody else is doing real life open houses where you can follow along with yeah. flips. Um, Otherwise you're just hearing people <clears throat> talk about their project and you have no clue what they actually did and didn't do and how the quality was and right the yeah real time numbers as they're coming in you know the the oof when you realize that your your $15,000 roof is now going to cost $27,000 
That's a big goof. <laughs> We're real. We don't fluff anything. <laughs> Valuable lessons. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and then the next cabin retreat is uh, April 1st to 3rd. Sold out, but that's when the next one is coming up. Yes. Um, we have lots of excited participants. And we have so many. Uh, uh, sorry. Yes. Very excited participants. Um, we have so many other things coming up here in the next little while as well. We were just looking at our calendar and realized that, oh, crap. We are jam-packed in our calendar. We committed to a lot of stuff. We haven't announced everything yet, but stay tuned. There's going to be lots of meetups and lots of education and just everything you guys need. We're, we're, we're working on just making sure that we provide as much value as possible. Yeah. Um, but it all, stalls, it all starts in the mornings. Yeah. Get, up for, get up every morning at 6 a.m. and get your questions answered. What are the odds that Barry McGuire slept in today? <laughs> Barry doesn't sleep in though. Barry doesn't, Barry doesn't sleep, sleep in. Where is he? Mm. Is he in the guest list or no? He is not. He might be having trouble. Please hold. <laughs> Gabby, you got anything uh, going on? What's going on with you today? Um, shall we? No, no, not yet. <laughs> Talk about taxes. <laughs> Yes, that I had going on today. <laughs> uh, taxes, yeah. Those are fun. Anybody see my taxes? stories? All the... So I have like, I, I'm somewhat organized throughout the year. And like most of the invoices go into, you know, folders on my computer and that sort of thing. But when I'm busy, my office turns into a crap show and I don't stay on top of things. And receipts and paperwork and all the mail and everything just goes into big piles on my little cart beside my desk. And mm. yeah, I had to, so like I can get caught up on the bookkeeping and everything that's, you know, on in, in my computer and in the files and stuff, but all that extra stuff that just got thrown into my piles, I have to go through all of that and see if I'm missing invoices and <laughs> mm-hmm. what needs to be added to the bookkeeping and stuff. So yeah, it is a mess. Okay, good. I have other people who are the same. Um, Courtney, Courtney says, I organize like you, a hot mess on the floor. And Wilson says, I thought I was the only one with receipts on the floor. <laughs> it's the biggest space where you can organize them by property, by corporation, by what type of document it is. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a giant mess and it's only going to get worse. That's only my first pile that I went through. So I have my, I have like one of those art carts that has like three tiers and the first tier is usually like anything incoming that I haven't even really looked at. I might have like opened it and then and then thrown it into a pile. And then the second tier is like stuff I've looked at and, and hopefully dealt with and just needs to be filed away. And then the third tier is just like a mystery. I don't even know what's down there. So first tier, done. On to the second tier now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Lindsay says she needs floor space for taxes too. So good. I'm not alone. I don't feel like such a... A uh, hot mess, as Courtney puts it. <laughs> yeah. Has everybody else finished their taxes? Like, I know it's like. You know, I've been seeing posts on like on social about people being like celebrating like, yeah, I just sent off the final tax email to my accountant. And I'm just like, damn you. <laughs> mm. I haven't even started. <laughs> well, we got so many different corporations, yeah. right? It's Yeah, I'm filing for Three corporations plus our personal, which holds the majority of our properties. And yeah, it's just, it's a lot. It's a you lot. said it was going to be easy. Did I? Yeah. You seem to feel like, like you came across very confident. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I can help you with like, let's just, you know, let's, let's do this first one. I'll, I'll walk you through it. I know where everything is. Cause I get a lot of receipts as well that like, through different projects and stuff like that and trips that I went on. Did you say you'll walk me through this? Yeah, I'll walk you through it. As if you know how to file taxes? Uh, Not as if I know how to file taxes, but I know what it was that I did on that particular project. Mm. And if you're like a lot of receipts. Yeah, you don't want anything to get missed on that corporation. There's so many random stuff that like some, like I think to be honest, what Gabby might just have to do because again, we are an open book. Mm-hmm. Filing system is garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the easiest way to do it is just to go through the email for the year. Yeah. 
and just to literally because a lot every receipt is in the email. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I can help you go through that for just make sure that nothing gets missed. Yeah. I Remember don't... yesterday when I said that uh, Wayne and I need a manager in between us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A manager would have made sure that we had yeah. systems in place, I think, right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's this is why we tell you to do it now when you've got one property or no properties. For the love of yeah. God, please. Hire a bookkeeper and put a system in place for yourself. It's so hard to do it easy. later. Collect, send off, collect, send off, collect, send off. Don't turn into Gabby. It is <laughs> Gabby easier. is not happy. <laughs> it is easier to buy a property in less than 24 hours than it is to put a new bookkeeping filing system into place. <laughs> Ryan asks, every receipt is an email scanning system question mark. So for the for one of our corporations, um, we don't necessarily need to go out and buy stuff. So it's all just like online processing of stuff. So they all just come to us through email. Um, that's why in that particular corporation, if I just went through the email for the year, I'd find everything I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, with our like active um, flipping and rental properties and stuff, no, it's not. It's we got receipts galore but there's really cool like receipt apps where um again i haven't implemented one which would make my life much easier but yeah as soon as you buy something you get into the car pull the receipt out take a picture of it flip it into whatever you can have folders for each of your rental properties or each of your projects you have going on and just slip it in there and then yeah at the end of the year you can just or monthly export those receipts into your bookkeeping system or into whatever um, systems you have in place and bada bing, bada boom. It's all there. It's all online. It's all electronic. So, um, Barry McGuire is here. We're just getting them connected. Awesome. Um, once he, once he calls in, uh, Barry, just click that call in button and, uh, and, and you'll be on. Oh, there he is. He's muted. What? He's muted. He's not coming up on my screen, to be honest. He's on my screen, and it says Barry is live, but it says he's muted. Interesting. Um, Barry isn't uh, for crying out loud. What? Um, no, he's he's invited in here. Just check see if you're you're muted or not. We might have a tactical difficulty because he's not coming up on my screen. Mm. Um, Technology, eh? Well, for crying out loud. Courtney asks, do you save as a PDF for your emails? I don't understand your question, Courtney. How's that, Wayne? There he is. We'll answer Courtney's question a little bit later. Do you mind writing that down? Barry, how are you doing this morning? Uh, Well, uh, I'm a little scattered. (laughs) A little flustered? A little scattered. I'm at my office. I usually do this at home where I have uh, a better microphone to speak into so i'm just on my phone i hope it's okay you sound but good here i am got a cup you of coffee you. ready to talk awesome uh Thanks yeah for joining us today you're welcome <laughs> we'll make this real easy on you barry like we're we're professionals okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh yeah we wanted to have you on because we wanted to talk about uh your upcoming workshop in may the rapid cash program or rapid cash oh, workshop yes well, I want to talk about that too. I, I can't tell you how excited I am um, about doing the rapid cash program in May, May 7th and 8th. It's, you know, it's been three long years since we've done a live event. Three years. I can't believe it. Yeah, I know. Three years. And so, you know, the rapid cash program is our flagship focus workshop. That's the one where we spend two full days with Experts like yourselves and Andrea Workington and Neil Taniguchi and Deb Kennedy and a couple or three financing experts. And we talk about real estate and particularly uh, creative real estate, the, the rent to owns, the agreements for sale, fix and flip, burr, which is fix and flip of a sort, uh, options, joint ventures as they apply to all of those kinds of things. It's... Uh, it's a real solid, in-depth dive into, uh, into those kinds of creative real estate. 
with a, a room full of people who are motivated and interested. Um, so it's, you've been to them, you guys know what it's like. It's, it's energizing. It's interesting. It's, it's always new. I mean, I've been doing this a long time, as you know, and I'm always learning something new. So, so yes, I am so excited to be doing another live event and particularly the rapid cash program, which as it says, is a group of strategies that get you money now instead of, uh, you know, the long-term buy and hold strategy, which gets you money down the road. So yes. Totally I, um, well, I, I, I'm the same way. Like I, I think the same thing, sorry. Um, you know, I started off as a student and then, you know, obviously graduating up into, or, or growing up into, you know, focus team leader, but, you know, I, I still, from the, from the first time I went to it to every single time I've been to it ever since, I'm still learning every single time, every single time, because even whether it be from, you know, Neil and Andrea or yourself, or whether it be from new students coming in as well, there's always something new. There's always some new thing going on. Someone's looking at it differently. Um, we're having these amazing deep discussions where questions are being answered and, or sorry, questions are beginning being asked and which are, you know, creating a discussion, which, which, which is kind of opening up new things. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, I love the creativity of it. It's not like buy and hold where it's just like, which by, again, by the way, buy and hold is, is, is great. We love buy and hold obviously. Right. But it's kind of boring, which we love, <laughs> but to boring. feed my creative side, I love looking at creative deals and, and solving problems. Well, that's the, I mean, that's the thing. We all believe in buy and hold. Uh, 80% of our portfolio, Donna and my portfolio is buy and hold. You guys have buy and hold. All, I mean, all, all real estate investors have buy and hold. But the, um, the really great thing about the rapid cash program is that uh, as, as an investor, as you learn more about real estate, as you proceed through purchasing some buy and hold properties, you, you learn about the technical side of real estate. And as soon as you understand a little bit more about the technical side of real estate, then things start to show up on your plate. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, opportunities show up. And uh, if you're just a straight buy and hold investor, something comes up and you look at it and you go, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, can't do anything with that. Doesn't fit into my buy and hold portfolio. But you see that there's... Um, an investing opportunity that right, you right. either don't understand or um, you're just kind of not interested in. And what we really, really try and uh, teach folks and get them, get them to understand is that opportunities abound out there. there. There are lots and lots and lots of opportunities to put creative real estate strategies into play. And if you understand the strategies, you understand yeah. those creative yeah. investment strategies, you will recognize and be able to do something with those opportunities. So absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think um, you could um, go ahead. Oh, I was going oh, to say, Barry, you got to turn your volume down, or, 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 or if you have headphones, maybe step There's away that. from it, maybe a little farther away from the phone. How's that? Uh, it's it's yeah that that's that's good yeah it's it's when Gabby and I are talking the echo comes back in through your phone. Okay. So uh, I, think we're good. I think we're good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was gonna say, Barry, do you mind if I share like you know our experience, you know, from from the rapid cash um, strategies? Oh no, I mean I think you should because it's it's those stories, the tales that really illustrate yeah. what the program is about. So yeah, go ahead. Because I was going to share how, you know, the first time that we took, it was an agreement for sale course was the first one, obviously. But then we took rapid cash afterwards. And just um, a lot of people wonder, you know, should I take it? Or should I just take the one course? Or should I take all of them? Um, I'll share a couple stories here because I know that Gabby and I have, we've used all of, of the different strategies from the rapid cash program or from the rapid cash workshops, um, basically to get to where we are today. So mm -hmm. our first creative deal, so we had a roadblock very early on um, where we, 
we had a joint venture partner, we had properties, but we just couldn't seem to get any more joint venture partners. We ran out of money, right? So this is one of those situations where, again, like you had mentioned before, you've, 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 you've got the fundamentals of real estate investing. You understand how to do buy and holds, right? But, you know, you kind of hit that spot where it's like you, you need a little bit of cash or you need, you need a new deal. Um, we hit a roadblock where like nobody was taking us seriously. So we wanted to learn, okay, how do we go and buy a property ourselves? How can we, you know, get someone else to carry the mortgage? How do we do those quote unquote, low money down, no money down kind of deals? Because we need to prove ourselves to other people. So that's why we took on, you know, the agreement for sale strategy. And we were willing to roll up our sleeves and get a property ourselves to prove that we were the experts that, that we were, we, we knew everything, right? We, we knew all the fundamentals. We studied it. We knew all the landlord laws, but nobody knew what we knew. So we had to show people. So that's why we were so extremely happy to take that course. And then, you know, six months after we took the agreement for sale course, we got our first agreement for sale um, deal. We locked up an agreement for sale, zero money down. It was about $20,000 under market value. And it was, it was what you would um, classify as, as a flip. Um, so, it was about $20,000 under value and needed about $20,000 worth of work. And then, you know, you could sell it at a premium. Um, I, I can't remember what the profit was going to be. Um, maybe $20,000 or something along those lines. It was, it was pretty basic numbers. I think it was 20,000 under, um, needed $20,000 worth of work and it would have been 20 or $30,000 worth of profit after you sold it and paid a realtor and stuff. Um, well, we got into that for zero money down and we got the agreement for sale term for two and a half years. So what that means is the seller carried financing for us. We made payments to the seller for two and a half years. Um, and we didn't have to put any money down. So once we locked that up, now I'm, I'm going through this very quickly, just, you know, for the sake of time. But once we locked that up, we realized that, yes, you know, we knew a little bit about fix and flipping. But at that particular time, we're like, yeah it's just a little too early for us. We just learned one strategy. Let's not, let's not bite off more than we can chew, but we had learned about wholesaling and assignments and, you know, through that agreement for sale course, um, you know, you talked about how, you know, you can get an agreement for sale under contract. Uh, and, and what you can do is you can assign it to another investor. So what we did was we found an investor who was looking for an agreement for sale. And rather than doing the renovation and fix and flip it, um, what we did was we assigned it to them for, for a fee of $5,000. 5000 bucks. So right. we, got it under, we got it under contract. And then we, we assigned that contract to someone else for $5,000. And then they went and completed it. And we got fa fast. That's rapid cash, right, Barry? That is rapid cash. Right. And it paid for our course. And it paid for <laughs> our course. It took us a little bit longer than what we expected, but that was all me. Um, that was me and my limiting beliefs. Well, I mean, it does, it does take time. And that's something that we do say to people is um, real estate investing, whether you're long-term buy and hold or whether you're, you add a creative strategy element to it. It's um, it's something you have to learn about and you have to work at. Nobody nobody's successful right out of the box mm -hmm. uh, with anything that they do in life. You can't operate at a high level till you learn how to operate at a high level. So, absolutely. That, uh, you know that story, Wayne and Gabby is you know anticipates what we started teaching a little bit later, which was the uh, the creative combination side of things. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, you know, you were looking for, um, perhaps you were looking for that agreement for sale. So you found and uh, bought by way of agreement for sale. So that's one strategy. Then your plan was to, um, to fix it and flip it, which is another creative strategy. Yep. But, you know, for, for all the reasons that you just said, you decided that probably wasn't the way to go. So you assigned it which is essentially the wholesaling strategy. So, so there you were with three of the rapid cash strategies put together uh, in one deal. And that's, that's one of the beauties of the creative, the creative strategy side of things is how they fit together like Lego blocks. And uh, one strategy might be great, but combining them can be 
can be very powerful and, and give you a lot more options. So that's, uh, that's something we've learned over the years and that students are putting together or using very successfully mm-hmm. is the combination of the strategies. I, uh, I, what was I going to add there? Shoot, I, I forgot. Oh, so one of the big things, obviously, we talk about on the podcast, and obviously we teach as well at Barry, and, and I'm sure you do as well, is, is all about focus, right? Making sure you're staying focused on one particular strategy. And sometimes I'll tell people to take, you know, this workshop, I change my life. But then they're like, Wayne, you're kind of contradicting yourself. You know, it's like you talk about focus. Why are you taking all these different courses? Yes, I hear what you're saying. But in this example right here, this this particular um, deal that I'm talking about, I didn't go out and actually find that deal. That deal actually just kind of showed up. And you were talking about, you know, if you don't understand the strategy, you'll never recognize the opportunity. Um, that's, I would have never recognized that opportunity had I not taken that course. Because I had a, what happened was I had a friend said, Hey, I, I know you're a real estate investor. I got a buddy. He's in a situation, you know, he really needs to sell his townhouse. Can you go and give him a call and see what's up? Like, you know, if I was, if I had a, a completely different business model, I mean, it's just, it's just a phone call. And by getting on that phone call and meeting with him, I found out that he had a situation where he wanted to move into a new house, but what he owed on his mortgage he believed was what the property was worth. And a realtor said that they wouldn't sell it for him. So he was stuck with this house. He owned it a very long time. He bought it for significantly more. And by the time he got to where he was, he had paid down the mortgage, but the value of the property just kept going down with him paying down the mortgage. So he felt stuck. He said the magic words, I just want out. And I heard that. I'm like, okay, there's something here. So um, by seeing that problem, I identified the problem and I knew that I had a solution for it. It did take a little while of of like, not necessarily convincing, but educating him. But it wasn't so much, you know, a a distraction for me. It was an opportunity for me to make some quick cash. And I mean, if you have a a really good network and you're known as an expert in the industry, people are going to come to you with, with questions like this. Hey, I know you're an expert in this. You know, would you be able to help this person? And and if you have the time to take a quick phone call on your drive home from work or to stop by on the weekend, you know, there's some great opportunities here to make some quick cash. Right. Well, you, I think you, you hit on a very important point there, which is uh, people often say to themselves, well, how do you find these deals? I mean, how does how does that happen? I mean, are there any deals out there or is this just, you know, one one story and there are no more? So, oh so no, the, there's way more. There's way more, folks. There's way more, and and so as you as you expand your real estate investing uh, career and, and your focus, and as as Wayne says, as you get known as, as an investor, and as you get known as a problem solver, you you get people people call you realtors who can't sell a house conventionally say in, in this example, Wayne was talking about uh, the person he bought the townhouse from had worked with a realtor and the realtor says, listen, I can't sell your house. It's only worth what the mortgage is. It's only worth what the mortgage is. How are you going to pay me my $10,000 worth of commission? For example, how are you going to pay the payout penalty? You're going to have, there's like a $7,000 payout penalty on your townhouse. That's $17,000 that you don't have because the house is only worth what the mortgage is worth. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I can't help you. But as you as you expand your network of, of people who know you and who know what you do, that that realtor didn't work this way. It was the guy's friend who called Wayne, but yeah. that realtor yeah. might call you and say, "Well, I've got someone I can't help, but I know you. I know you work in this area." And so you get calls from uh, people who understand what you do. And uh, then you don't have to find all these deals yourself because people know you're a problem solver. And this is a really, I think, another important, uh, another important point is people know that you are, um, what should we say, an honest, don't take advantage of someone kind of person. And we teach it all the time. We say it all the time. You have to play for win-win. You cannot take advantage of people. 
And so if someone knows another person is in trouble, they're definitely not going to phone you up and say, can you help this person if they think that you're a villain? If you, know, if you think you're in it for yourself and you'll just screw the person into the ground, uh, nobody's going to call you if they think you're like that. But they yeah. definitely will call you if they understand that you are uh, a person who plays for win-win that doesn't take advantage and that you can solve problems. Then they're helping too. So that's, that's another reason you start to get calls is because people know that you are that kind of person, which is important if you're referring somebody, for sure. Right. Barry, do you have any other cool student success stories that you'd like to share? Or maybe somebody's taken one of these strategies and ran with it for a business or, you know, those types of things? Well, the stories are endless, Gabby. Um, mm -hmm. let's, let's think here. All right, I've got one. I've got one from um, from right now. A, a file I'm working on right now. So this this is um, this is a student, and he purchased the uh, wholesaling focus workshop. So so folks, we have the rapid cash program, which is all of the the six strategies taught in two days. But we also have uh, we also teach those strategies singly. So there's a, a half day course on agreements for sale and there's another half day course on rent to own and, and there's home study kits for all of those strategies. So this student bought the wholesaling home study kit and uh, he owned his own home. That's all he did, but he wanted to get into wholesaling. And um, so I'm coaching him along because we, we've all been there. You start out with one of these strategies and you're, you're learning. So he's asking me questions and really uh, just all over the place. He's struggling with the concepts and he's reading his manual again. Then he's understanding a little bit better. And then he's so excited because he's found someone who uh, is selling their property under value. So we coach him through it and his assignment fee for this house in Edmonton is, are you ready? Let's hear it. $35,000. What? Wow. That's incredible. 35000 So anybody listening going, well, come on. Who's going who's gonna to sell their house for um, an amount so low that the person buying, the student buying, can get a $35,000 assignment free from the ultimate buyer. Because remember, if you're, the wholesaling strategy is you're looking to find an undervalued property and you don't want to close on it yourself. You want to find someone else who will, who will buy it from you. And the someone else who's going to buy it from you is not going to buy it for the price that you're paying plus 35. They're looking to, to, to find that property, uh, you know, 60 or 70 or a hundred thousand dollars undervalued. So I guess my point is that folks will work with you. Sellers will work with you. Sellers will sell their properties undervalue for their own seller reasons. And in this particular case, it was undervalue enough that our student could charge a $35,000 assignment fee, which Incredible. is totally amazing. And, and folks, let's not, I don't want you to go away thinking every assignment deal is like that. The, the $5,000 assignment fee or $10,000 assignment fee is far more common. But yeah, uh, this yeah. was $35,000 and the biggest one I've had uh, is $70,000 for an assignment fee. Wow. So mostly they're five or $10,000, but there's the odd nugget out there. So that was mm -hmm. a... I was just amazed at, and this is for someone who's just starting out doing his first deal. I hope, I hope this hasn't spoiled him for future deals and he won't do any. <laughs> yeah. It's like 5,000. This is, this is bull crap. 5,000. I'm not doing no stinking $5,000 deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Josh in the comments here says that's a year's wage for some people. That's, and that's a really good perspective yeah. is that, you know, your first damn deal will, will a lot of times pay for, your education plus it might cover you um for a little while that 
Um, okay, I, I shouldn't say this, but you know, for some people who are thinking about you know going all in on this and building, say, a wholesaling business, um, there's a huge that that right there could cover them for six months. You know what I mean? Or that could cover their next two or three marketing campaigns for you know their bandit signs and their yellow letters and 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 marketing. Like that's that's huge, huge opportunity right there. Mm-hmm. And and your so, lovely wife, your lovely wife is also in the comments here, Donna. She says our very first rapid cash student deal was an assignment for forty thousand dollars. So, you know, it's uh, I, I kind of hesitate to to talk about those kinds of deals because I don't want people to get all wide eyed and go, okay, well, I'm going to quit my job and going to be a wholesaler. <laughs> Wholesaling is uh, it's. It takes a lot of work and effort and a lot of no's and a lot of banging on doors and uh, to, to find deals, but, but it's, it's, it's out there. The, the mm-hmm. deals are out there. And as you, if you commit to something like the rapid cash program and the, and the, the marketing and the creating of, of, of your network as we, you know, as we teach, then inevitably, it just, it's inevitable. You might have to put in some time and effort. Wayne and Gabby took them six months to, after taking the course, to do their first AFS deal. And sometimes it, it takes a year. But my goodness, once you, once you put the effort in uh, and do that, what do we say? What do we want people to do, Wayne? One, one damn deal. Damn deal. <laughs> damn deal if you do that one damn deal the floodgates open i'm telling you it is it's like it's just a giant cork in a bottle that you've got to pop out and once it's once it's out uh you, you know you flow along you, you start your marketing brings in lots of opportunities you might not i mean maybe you want to be a wholesaler but uh if you're marketing other opportunities will show up that maybe you don't want to work on, but you can kind of wholesale them to your network. Mm-hmm. I mean, if somebody is determined they don't want to do anything but agreements for sale, and you're really saying, listen, I don't want to do anything but wholesaling, as as opportunities come up, you can kind of sell them off to your own network, uh, which is another way of, uh, of making some rapid cash. So um, I have another example that is also extremely current, extremely current. I've got, uh, I've got a student who has found uh, a landlord who is ready to retire. He's not necessarily a tired landlord, but he's been in the business for 30 years. He's got a portfolio of 10 uh, duplexes and fourplexes, kind of a mix of duplexes and fourplexes. And our student is buying all 10 of these separate buildings in 10 separate agreements for sale with very favorable terms. The seller is, um, the seller only wants 10% down. So we have to put up 10% and then make a payment that's equal to the underlying mortgage. And then whatever is left on the purchase price gets paid in a balloon payment five years out. So it's a five-year agreement for sale. But uh, so this is, I guess, another example of what you can do creatively. You don't, the strategy, the agreement for sale strategy will apply to multiple properties. So we're going to be closing um, a combination of 10 fourplexes and duplexes, each with their own separate agreement for sale um, at the end of the month. That's, 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 uh, that's, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. We're I mean, e- we're, we're echoing again a little bit. What's that, Gabby? Uh, we're echoing again. I don't know if you got closer or. <laughs> closer to my desk. Okay. I backed up again. How's that? Okay. Perfect. <laughs> I, I was going to, I was going to point out that, um, you know, there might be some people just trying to wrap their head around what that means right there. Um, like, why is that so good? Well, um, I'll explain the two big key reasons there in case for those of you that are new to these strategies, maybe you have no idea what the heck we're talking about, but I'm going to simplify it. Um, this person is buying these, these properties, 
Um, and the seller is carrying the financing for five years. So the seller is keeping their existing mortgages in place for five years. And the buyer is making payments to them in, in exchange. So th that is equal to what the seller's um, existing mortgage payments are. So the buyer is getting all of the benefits of the mortgage paydown on that underlying mortgage. They are getting all the benefits of the appreciation. They're getting all of the benefits of the, any cash flow, right? The seller is just essentially waiting for their equity for five years. So in the sellers probably um, maybe put together a, um, Maybe maybe padded a little bit, added a little bit of extra on the purchase price, you know, in exchange for this, you know, these terms in exchange for this service. Um, but the one more thing that the buyer is getting is that the buyer is getting into this for ten percent down, as opposed to twenty or twenty five percent. So by getting into these properties for ten percent down, this buyer just doubled their ROI, doubled. Because they're getting the same return, but they just cut their investment in half. So if they were going to be getting on average 25% per year, you know, ROI, now they're getting 50% ROI on their money because they just cut their investment in half. Like that's crazy, crazy. Yeah. It's not always about the zero money down deals. No, uh, it's a good point. I mean, zero money down deals can be okay, but just because it's zero doesn't mean it's a good deal. So uh, I think, generally speaking, investors would be very happy to be able to purchase properties at 10% down and not have to pay those big CMHC fees that get added to your mortgage and uh, make take it longer to pay it down. So, so yeah, so only 10% instead of 20 or 25%. And um, there is absolutely no way that our student could go to the bank and qualify for more than maybe two of these 10 deals. If you were going to go to the bank, they make you qualify. And there's only so much qualification room that everybody has. So instead of being able to buy uh, one or two of these at 20 or 25% down, he's buying 10 properties at 10% down. So that's another huge, huge financial advantage to buying by way of agreement for sale because you don't have a bank looking over your shoulder and going, well, this doesn't work here. You know, your debt service ratios are off and the whole portfolio has to perform. It's the seller deciding that he wants to be your bank and nobody else is telling them different. So those are two big financial advantages of this particular deal and, and of most agreements for sale as you, you get in for less than what you do in the regular market and you don't have that bank qualification, which you may not be able to fit anymore. Qualify you just can't qualify for it. For it. It's a great reason to use creative strategies. Absolutely. Um, Barry, we know that you got to get going. So do you want to tell us when and where and how to register for the upcoming event? Yes, I do definitely want to tell you that, Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> So folks, we are going to have our rapid cash event, our live event on May 7th and 8th, May 7th and 8th. Uh, we are going to be in Calgary at the Clique Hotel, which is right at the airport. We've done that because we have people coming from all across Canada and it's certainly easy for them to come to the airport. Mm -hmm. It is two full days of uh, training on creative strategies. One great thing about being at the Click Hotel is that they treat us so well there. They are going to make us great breakfasts and great lunches where once we're, you know, done with a with a morning of uh, of study and and learning, you can sit at a table and 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 get a wonderful meal that you didn't have to run all around and line up at the restaurant with everybody else. Mm -hmm. uh, one huge thing is the networking that gets done. If you have breakfast with somebody and lunch with somebody two days in a row, if you take advantage of the great snacks that they make, nice healthy snacks, lots of different kinds of things, it's, uh, it really, really adds to the experience. So that's an 
that's an add-on that's included in your uh, rapid cash registration. And in order to sign up and show up and be there, you can go to investorlawyer.ca. That's one word, investorlawyer.ca. And there are all the details about registering um, on that site. So May 7th and 8th in Calgary, go to investorlawyer.ca and sign up. You need to be there. Awesome. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, Barry, and um, revealing what to expect at the uh, at the upcoming course. I think that everybody's really excited to get back to in-person and what a great course to uh, to kick it all off, getting back together. <laughs> well, Absolutely. as always, on the, I love coming on the program. And uh, <clears throat> yes, I'll improve that aspect of how I participate going forward. But uh, thanks for having me, and uh, we'll talk to everyone later. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Barry. Um, as always, Barry's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's so many more uh, things I want to add in, like different cool stories that I have to share. Um, and, and there is a couple questions here that we need to get to. But one more thing that I wanted to add in there was that um, without – Without those courses, there there is no Wayne and Gabby. Mm-hmm. So true. Legit. I'm. I'm. We would not be here. That's not. That's not che- trying to be cheesy. That, that, that we would not be where we are right now. I, I am blessed and cursed with perspective, and I constantly look back and think about pivotal moments in my life, and and our life, mm-hmm. where things change for us, and I there that is a pivotal moment without making that decision we would not be here today yeah i can follow the path down you know what i mean you think about those moments in your life where like you walked over to your your you know your wife for the first time and said hi you know what i mean and you think about had you not gone and done that where would you be today you know would i still be in that town would i still be doing this would we have ever created that business would we have ever you know had that you know, that, that late night where we drank four bottles of wine and, and decided we're going to become real estate investors. You know, like, you know what I mean? You can fo- follow the, follow the path and, and see where would you be? I know for a fact, it's, those are pivotal moments. You talk about like, you know, these, these crazy fix and flip deals that we're doing, you know, we closed one in four days. We just closed another one in less than 24 hours. Like that would not have happened had we not taken the rapid cash program. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known how to do fix and flips. I wouldn't have had the confidence. Mm-hmm. Our rent owns, we would never have done them. Yeah. All of our joint venture partnerships would never have happened Yeah. because we never went and got those deals with the we, agreement for sales. We wholesale at least a few deals every year, just yeah. randomly. Like we're not wholesalers, <laughs> but the opportunities come and we know what to do. It's understanding, you know, the strategies. Barry yeah. says it all the time. That's why I got I got giddy about it when he said it. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when, when, when you're watching a movie and, and they say the title of the movie and they're like, ah! <laughs> I get really excited when Barry says that because like it's, it's legit. I love it. It's if you understand the opportunities, you will, if you understand the strategies, you will, uh, you'll, see the, you'll see the opportunities. Yeah. I misspoke. So I love it. Um, I try and get as many people to go to it as possible. Barry and Don are so authentic and giving and they provide so much value. And then they continue to support, you know, on, you know, afterwards, the community is amazing. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have been able to get through it without, you know, the community answering our questions along the way. Absolutely. Um, and now it's just a ma- for us, it's just a matter of paying it forward now. Like that's why we, yep. we're so involved in the, in the creative community. We love sharing it. We, we want other people to, um, to use the strategies like we did. Um, now Annette did have a question. Mm-hmm. So thank you again, Barry, if you're still listening. <laughs> um, Annette had a question here. I said, so in, f- this is back to this most previous deal with the, yeah, the, the 10 deals of the f- fourplexes and duplexes. She says, so in the five years, the buyer needs to be sure they can qualify for the mortgage and will they need 20% then for the bank mortgage? Okay. It's a very good question. It's a very good question to ask at the workshop, but I will answer it today. Um, yes. Um, yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> um, there's it a tech- depends. There, it depends. There's a technicality there. Um, technically... At the end of the five-year term, you have you are obligated to 
to complete the transaction. And in order to do that, you need to either buy it, so get your own mortgage, or sell it, mm-hmm. okay, in which you have the option to do either. Now, refinancing the property, even though you've had it for five years, the title and the mortgage has been in the, in the seller's name. Refinancing is very difficult to do because you need to be on title technically to refinance. Okay. So because you are not on title and the seller is on title, you can't refinance. So therefore you are correct, Annette, you would need at least 20% down to get a new mortgage. Now you've already put 10% down. You're thinking to yourself like, oh, I already put 10. Now I got to put another 20. And you would have to put another 20 on the remaining balance that you owe the seller. So if you bought it for 500000 you put $50,000 down and you paid down $50,000. There's $400,000 left owing. You would need to come up you would with 20% of $400,000. Okay, so you need to get $80,000. And then you'd be qualifying for a mortgage of three twenty, which is less than ideal because... You, you got into this deal for 10%. You don't want to be holding it for 30% down, right? I get it. But there are lenders who understand the agreement for sales strategy, and you can refinance with some lenders. I would highly recommend going to the Rapid Cash Workshop and speaking with mortgage brokers who understand the strategy and know which lenders can provide that for you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Hopefully that that helps. Um, otherwise what you might have to do is you might just have to sell it if that doesn't work. So there are some limitations, but understanding the strategies, um, is, is paramount. You have to, you have to know who to talk to, how to do things. There's so many little things like this that would, you know, you'd never consider until the very end of the five years. And you're like, Oh shit, wait a second. Do I need to come up with another 20% and now I need to get a mortgage. So um, surrounding yourself with other creative investors and creative professionals um, is is the key to that. Um, because that was actually a huge limitation for us early on until we found out that there are some lenders that mm-hmm. will allow you to refinance it because they understand it. Mm-hmm. All that comes with another caveat. It depends. Take a course. Take a course because it all <laughs> does depend on a few things. That's I'm I'm speaking very generally. Yeah. Um. Annette followed up with. Annette says some of that would get paid out though. I think because of the pay down. Do you understand what she means? Yeah. So at the end of the day, you're you're now mortgaging a value of four hundred thousand instead of five hundred thousand. So you are still paying less for the value of the house, like less than twenty percent down for the value of the house. Yeah. I think is is generally what she's getting at. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there, like I said, there are some lenders that'll look at it because you bought it for five hundred thousand. I'm using the same example. You bought it for five hundred thousand, and you put ten percent down, so you had four hundred and fifty to start. And then you paid down 50. So you're at 400. What they'll, what some lenders will do is they'll look at the current appraised value. They'll see that it's, let's say it's worth the exact same amount. They'll see that it's worth 500,000 and that you owe 400,000 and they will refinance it based at 80% of 500,000. So they will give you a mortgage for 400,000. And then you take that 400,000, you pay off your remaining balance to your seller. And now you're into it for the same. Yeah. Right. Your so time. your, your mortgage pay down over the last five years of $50,000, you know, is now your additional 10% that you require for that down payment. Yep. So you're still into it for 10% and you've got a new mortgage for 400,000. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool stuff. Um, now there was a previous question as well, though, um, from someone else earlier. Uh, About what? Uh, taxes or about rapid cash? I think it was taxes. Yeah, Courtney? Yeah, unless there was another rapid cash question that I missed. No, I don't think so. Yeah, Courtney clarified her question and she just meant, do you save them? Do, do we save um, invoices that come in through email? Do we save them as PDFs into our filing system? And yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like to stay on top of that so that I don't need to go back through a year's worth of emails. But, um, you know, sometimes you have a crazy year. 
and that doesn't happen. So I will be going back through a year's worth of emails to save invoices to PDF into my filing system. I don't think that Gabby ever expected this year was going to go, this past year was going to go. No, like it was like wildfire spreading, just how crazy every, the the year was in general, just like, yeah. In a good way. In a fantastic way, but there is, was definitely not enough of me to go around. And um, yeah, my, my quality of how I handle our business um, backend diminished greatly. (laughs) I'll take some blame on that. (laughs) Uh, But that's just everything that we've talked about in the last three days, right? Understanding strategies, Mm -hmm. right? You'll recognize opportunities, Mm -hmm. right? Understanding strategies and opportunities will come towards you. Being resourceful. I was not seeking out any of these opportunities this past year. Yeah. I did like, I think I, I mean, we're putting it out there, but I wasn't putting it out there like reaching, uh, you know, uh, screaming from the mountaintop saying, you know, send me opportunities. No, it's just because we're very resourceful and people know us as experts. So opportunities just flow to us, Mm -hmm. right? Having a solid brand, a recognizable, trustworthy brand. People will come to you asking for help or they'll come to you looking for, you know, answers to questions. And that creates opportunities for win-win. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that simple to the point where we got so goddamn busy, we fell behind on our taxes. Yeah. Now I'm okay with that. Heck, I don't mind. Well, through. even our accountant was like, yeah, there'll, there'll be some penalties, but like, whatever, we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> that, trust me, the amount of money that we made throughout the year far, far outweighs you know, the, 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 I don't even know how much penalties we're going to pay. Well, and just, and just stressing out about it. Like there's no point. Yeah. We'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah. So, you know, we asked our accountant, okay, what do we got to do? Like at the very bare minimum, so that CRA is not knocking on our door. He's like, ah, we'll just just do this and we'll set you up as this. And when you get to it, get to it. Yeah. All right, cool. You got, you got the stuff filed that we needed to, got the T5s run that we needed to like, yeah, it's just. Now, with that being said, we we seriously do need to set a date <laughs> because here's the problem. Um, it's just going to get busier. It's just going to keep going. <laughs> it's just going to keep going. Like I'm going to see an email or someone's going to call me and be like, hey, I got this deal. Can you close it in two days? And I'll be like, you betcha. Right? There's always going to be stuff like that. Yeah. Um, um, J- Josh says, well, Allison has a comment here too, but Josh says, once you learn where you need to adjust, you can always do better next year. Yeah. Except Josh, uh, when you're constantly growing and growing and next year gets crazier than the previous year, which the next year gets crazier than that year. Oh, yeah. And you can just never get on top of it. That is why you put systems in place and hire bookkeepers and hire accountants and and get your shit in order when you have one property instead of waiting until you have 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 to figure that out because then you're drowning. Yeah. And like right now, I'm drowning. Yeah. Yeah. So you you need to get those systems in place and you can't expect that like, oh, you know, I'll I'll, I'll be better next year. I've told myself that for like the past five years. Mm-hmm. I'll do better next year. I'll do better next year. I'll schedule one day a month where I get caught up on bookkeeping and saving receipts and all that kind of stuff. Does it ever happen? No. And then, so what Allison said was, I hear you on the quality of work when it comes to paperwork or the tedious administrative work. It's like going to the gym. You don't want to, but you have to just effing do it. Yeah. And it's true, but at the same time, like when your tank is empty, when you've been going so hard, sometimes self-care and just chilling the F out is more important than getting the bookkeeping done. Mm. At the end of the year, you can put yourself into a stressful situation trying to get your taxes done if it means that throughout the year, you decided to self-care instead of doing the damn bookkeeping, (laughs) which is my approach to it. Yeah. So- to each their own. Um, I think we covered just about everything. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. We did. Um, we did plan to talk to you about that deal that we we. So for those of you that don't know, we closed the damn deal. Yeah. We got her done. I'm just gonna let you guys know about that. 
Um, like, hot damn, that was. Yeah. So from writing the offer to having everything go through and technically having possession, it was 15 and a half hours. But from offer acceptance <laughs> to when the deal was actually done. When the deal done, was actually done, 12, 12 hours. hours. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty wild. I still just like don't know how that happened, but keep in mind, people were sleeping like six or seven of those hours. Yes. Oh, well, eight of those hours. Yeah. Basically, I think what? Well, we were we were on the podcast with you when we got the email from the lawyer saying, I'm on my way into the office. Call me at 730. So 730 to what? 12? 11. 11? It was 11. I think it was done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I was on the phone with them. That's when all the magic happened. I was I was in the bank. I was getting some other stuff sorted out, and I I got a call from the lawyer, and uh, and I was on the phone with them, and we were just talking through some other stuff, it, just some RPR and other um, title insurance nonsense and whatnot. Because obviously, with the speed of it, there was no RPR, and we're like, okay, we want to be compensated. There was some cleanup stuff, like there was a ton of like mattresses and uh, chairs and garbage and and. Uh, still in the property yeah. yeah and then like all the like the lawn ornaments and stuff like that and i'm like i looked at it i'm like that is a that will fill a bin and it's like 12 hours of labor and i'm and i'm not asking a whole heck of a lot here all i'm asking you just is, is to fulfill your obligations it is not supposed to be left there just because we got a deal just because you're going into foreclosure does not mean that you get to leave all that shit behind so i'm like let's let's get them to clean up their shit so uh, they were there actually yesterday afternoon, um, frantically getting all the stuff in the garage. They might not have it all gone this weekend, but they say by Monday, they're going to be doing truckloads out of the garage yeah. and getting it all gone. So that was good. But we had to coordinate all that stuff, you know, between like 11 and 1 yeah. um, before like we got all the confirmation. There's so many different moving pieces because of the foreclosure, because of, you know, Make make sure the money got in their hands so they could they could talk isn't to the lender. It, isn't it really cool to know that with like twelve hours left for them to go that we saved somebody from foreclosure? Yes, one hundred percent. Like, isn't that wild? Like, they literally the clock was ticking. They had twelve hours left before the bank was saying we are for like you are being foreclosed on, and we just like swept it right out, handed them a briefcase briefcase of cash, AKA bank draft mm -hmm. <laughs> and done. Yeah. That, yeah. It's win-win. I, I, I guess I spoke a little poorly of them just because of the situation. I'm like, you better not leave those dirty goddamn mattresses there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to move dirty mattresses. Yeah. And like all like a, a bins, that would have been a couple thousand dollars <laughs> worth of um, bin and, and labor. Right. So I wanted to make sure that that wasn't um, left behind, but um, before we get going here, I just, Wilson says we did too. Woohoo. Let's all celebrate. What does that mean? Did I miss something? I don't know. I don't know when he put that. I didn't notice the comments. Uh, Robbie asked, did you put the bank draft in a briefcase at least? You know what, Robbie? Big sack the, of cash. I had this image in my head yesterday when we were talking about it, about showing up with a briefcase of cash, because that's not actually what happens. People talk about, like, you know, like talk about, oh, buying all cash, and you just picture this briefcase full of cash, when really it's like you, a bank draft. Yes, yeah, bank draft. But I had that same image of like, I, I was thinking in my head, like, I really need to search Kijiji and find like, just like an old crappy briefcase just so that I can do like a boomerang of like a bank draft inside of a, a briefcase and like showing up with the briefcase full of cash. Yeah. Exactly what I was thinking. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, Wilson closed on a house as well. Wilson, is this the, the house that we were talking about last night? I got to know because uh, Wilson and I took very, talk. Oh, okay, different house. Oh, Jesus, man, you, you're busy. <laughs> you're busy. Yeah, lots going on. Crazy. Good for you, buddy. Good for you. Wayne and jean shorts and black sunglasses with a briefcase. <laughs> hey, that that's for the appraiser, not for the bank. The jean shorts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just I was just trying to figure out why that why that image. <laughs> okay, now I'm putting it together. This is this is referencing jokes that I made three months ago. That's that's so hard. That happens a lot. Yeah. Is that sometimes well, I like make you said I made inside jokes like in November and then someone will reference it. I'm like, dude, why are you why jean shorts? Like what's 
Dude, I'm married. <laughs> Robbie says, long time listener, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Okay, now I'm remembering. Okay, cool. Yeah, we, we've... I, how many hours are we at on the show now? I it was it was I think we hit. Uh, what was it? I think we hit like 150 hours doing it live now, something like that. Um, does that sound about right? Yeah, it was like 150 hours we've done this. So this it's, it's a lot of hours. Plus, but all, lots of these people have been listening to you before. Yeah, yeah, yeah the this, Investing Dad podcast. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think of you know how long we've been doing this live now. I love it. I'm I'm so happy that we switched to the live platform. It's in the morning show. It's, um, mm -hmm. it's it feels really good. Yeah. Um, well, what's the date today? March 18th. We just received our first rent payment for April. <laughs> Did we know? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, it's guys. Like, what day is it? Is it almost the end of the month? <laughs> um, I can I can tell you one thing. It's almost the end of 2022. That's for sure. Yeah, year's almost over. The year's almost over. Have a great Friday, guys. We'll see you tonight's uh, Friday live training in the Real Estate Investing Masters Group. See you then. Bye now. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.